1: Welcome back to another edition of the 49ers Brawl podcast. I am your host, JBB. You can follow me on Twitter at Football. And joining me, as always, to share the carries in the 49ers Brawl backfield is JD. You can follow him on Twitter at HawkHaterTV. JD, we said going into this game, the Niners have loved to play spoiler, and that's exactly what they did. They won 20-12 to, to move 6-9 onto the season, already out of the playoffs. But a huge dent into the Arizona Cardinals' playoff chances. How are you doing?
2: I mean, you know, if, if you're going to ruin your your draft positioning, uh, I guess the best way to do it is by beating a division rival and playing spoiler to their playoff hopes. So, um, you know, perfect world. I don't really think uh, the Niners winning that game is, is a good thing <laughs> because – you you want to get as good of a draft pick as possible at this point, since the playoffs are no longer, you know, an option for the 49ers. But I guess if you're going to do it, uh, beating the Arizona Cardinals in their house, uh, you know, I I, I think you can, you can stomach it a little bit better that way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a fun, it was a fun game. Um, It was a great game for the, uh, for the Niners defense. Um, but the big thing for me, really, they just absolutely shut down the Cardinals run game outside of Kyler Murray killing them on a couple of uh, scrambles, which kind of knew he was going to do. Um, and, and, you know, it was key on a couple of third downs and a fourth down. But outside of that, I mean, the Cardinals run game just had nothing, didn't it?
2: Yeah, they they had nothing going. And when DeAndre Hopkins left the game... Uh, especially to start of the second half, I mean, they just couldn't get anything going. Um, the Niners' defense showed up just like they have every week this season, uh, despite you know a lack of a true pass rush. They they just they played their hearts out, man. Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner were playing sideline to sideline. Tarvarius Moore made a ton of plays, and uh, the the Niners' defense just just played their hearts out. Robert Sala with another you know gem of a game, and uh, you you gotta wonder if that game might just be kind of the tipping point uh, as to whether or not Robert Sala is back uh, with the 49ers next year or if he is a head coach somewhere because he's really just coaching his tail off right now.
1: Yeah, I do think, you know, a lot of the players have kind of spoken about how they, as much as they want to keep him, you know, they think he absolutely deserves to be a head coach. And, and I think that kind of speaks speech, speech volumes really. Uh, I think, yeah, as you said Tavares Moore was making plays. I mean, in the run game, like Marcel Harris had a number of great reads and tackles. Um, the linebackers, as you said, you know, every time there was a checkdown, the the uh, their running backs were being hit almost immediately. Uh, yeah, this defense was uh, was doing well. They they did what they could in terms of containing Kyler Murray in the run game. Um, he's always going to be able to do a, a, a fair bit. Um, But they did a good job, you know, of trying to uh, preempt where he was going to scramble to and and kind of slant that way. It's always tough when you've got somebody 300 pounds trying to even get outside to contain Kyler Murray. But um, on the offensive side, I mean, we've got to talk about George Kittle. Let's just start there. You know, first game back, people were unsure, you know, should he play? Why is he playing? Um, He comes back with four catches for 92 yards it was one poor drop, but outside of that, what did you make of George Kittle's uh, performance?
2: Well, I mean, it was, you know, classic George Kittle, uh, catching some short uh, shallow crossers and, 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 you know, making moves upfield and initiating contact and just playing like George Kittle. Uh, the run game, obviously, for the 49ers, benefited greatly with the return of George Kittle, as you saw by the game that Jeff Wilson Jr. had. Um, having George Kittle back out there just really made all the difference. And, you know, although I, I disagree in principle of, of having George Kittle out there in what was really a meaningless game, uh, it's always fun to watch him play. So I figure, you know, instead of dwelling on the fact that he was out there on the field, I say, eh, you know, I'll, I'll enjoy watching him play because there hasn't been too many moments to truly enjoy this season. And so uh, in, in, the, in the moment there, I was having fun watching George out there uh, doing his thing
1: yeah it was great to have him back, and I think you know Kittle going up against the uh, the cardinals it's always a fun matchup that's for sure um that there was you know Buda baker has played had a very very good season, and I think you know watching them two go up against each other from time to time um is really good. You mentioned the wrong game let's talk about jeff wilson i mean twenty two carries a hundred and eighty three yards, and he had the receiving touchdown off his only reception i mean this is a guy who had a was playing great before he got injured um in the absence of Raheem Mostert. Um they now kind of came back at a similar time. Raheem Mostert then got injured again and it's kind of it's clear that Jeff Wilson is is the guy when Raheem Mostert isn't in there. Um and you do wonder, you know, if he's playing to try and become that guy when Raheem Mostert is in there. What, what did you make of his performance and and do you think you know one more performance like this could get him competing for that starting gig?
2: I mean, he's, he's definitely going to be in the conversation. If he keeps playing like that, you can't keep a guy like that off the field. If he's producing at the level that he is, um, he's really, he really seems to have found his, his spot, found his fit in the Niners offense. And when he's out there, he just looks really comfortable in the offense. And, and he's, he's just a hard runner and he's an impressive guy to watch play. And, uh, you know, I've been pulling for him to get more carries, and when he does, good things tend to happen. And um, specifically, I want to mention the, the the scoring touchdown, the receiving touchdown that he had on the arrow route. And we've seen Jeff Wilson run that route several times, and it's almost uh, you can almost see it coming when you see they're they're in the shotgun, and and Wilson is at the hip of the quarterback. You can say, "Oh, oh, here it comes!" Because every time. That, that, that it happens it, it's out of that same kind of formation and anytime you see Jeff Wilson there in the shotgun you think okay here it comes and, and he ran that that route and every time he seems to run it it, it, it tends to work and uh, again you know he scored another touchdown on the, on the same route and he did the same thing to the Cardinals last year at Levi's Stadium to win the game and so you would think that the Cardinals would have been ready for it but uh, he did it again he did it again well, not
1: even that. Raheem Mostert in the first game um, scored the touchdown on that exact same route as well. Remember, there was like a 70-yard touchdown on that route. Raheem Mostert caught it and went all the way. So, I mean, that has uh, been an absolute killer for uh, for the Cardinals in uh, in games past and present. Um, let's talk about CJ Befford. I feel like we need to. This was obviously... First start in a long time. He came into the game a couple of, um probably about a month ago, now to finish off a game. Um Nick Mullins injured, having elbow surgery. Uh, so C.J. Beathard got the start. He went 13 for 22, 182 yards, but the three touchdowns and no interceptions.
2: What did you make of his performance? I mean, he, he played pretty well. All things considered, he... He played pretty well. He just did what they asked him to do, didn't try and play outside of himself, and uh, he, made, he made plays when they needed to be made. I, I can't really uh, hate on CJ's performance really at all. Um, I'm happy for him personally because, and, and you probably heard it during the broadcast, that you know the, that start came about a year and five days after the death of his brother who was killed uh, a little over a year ago. And for him to get the start um, right around the anniversary of that is, you know, it has to be special to him. I'm sure he dedicated the game to his brother, and he went out there and he played really well. So, um, you know, I've never been the biggest C.J. Beathard fan. I've never made uh, any any mistake about or any uh, – I've never shied away from my dislike of C.J. Beathard as a quarterback. But i um, happy for him, happy for the way he played, and, uh, he, you know, he got the job done.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I thought he did pretty well, for given, you know, what he was asked to do. I also thought that, you know, Shanahan dialed up the kind of game he needs to dial up when C.J. Bethard's in there, right? You know, I mean, Jeff Wilson got 22 carries. C.J. Bethard's, you know, m- most of his big completions came off the, you know, the play action. Um, so I feel like, the, you know, Shanahan was very aware, very self-aware of who was at quarterback, and, and didn't try and get him to do too much. You know, he didn't have a perfect game. There were some um, silly decisions and, and some off throws. But at the same time, overall, I thought, you know, he did exactly what they needed him to do. And I think the run game and the defense allowed him to do that. You know, if this was a game like the Buffalo game, where they get out and ahead, I don't think, you know, we'd be talking in the same way about CJ Bethwick because they would have asked him to do something very, very differently and, and whether he can actually do that I'm not so sure. But given the way the game actually went, I think it it kind of set up nicely um, for what he needed to do. Um, let's talk about Brandon Ayuk, someone we've kind of mentioned very, very positively over the past five to six weeks, playing, you know, having the stat lines as good as, you know, any rookie receiver over that period of time. Pretty quiet game for him. The one catch off two targets, the one carry, I, it, it definitely felt when he got that carry like it was them trying to get him the ball and get him involved in the game on the end around. Uh, but a quiet game. He saw a couple of times he was blanketed downfield and Bethard took underneath stuff. Do you think that was the Cardinals trying to basically lock him out of the game and make Beathard go elsewhere? Or do you think a couple of times that was maybe Bethard just being a little bit cautious and not taking that downfield shot?
2: I think it's a little combination of the cardinals doing a great job at trying to eliminate brandon ayuk because they know that he's the best perimeter threat that the 49ers have and also the fact that cj bethard and brandon ayuk probably really don't have a ton of practice reps together you got to think cj bethard's been the third string quarterbacks, you know for a while and when training camp started they had ayuk running out there with the ones and and the twos they he probably didn't get a ton of reps with uh, cj bethard during camp and uh, probably not, you know, maybe the, the week leading up to this game, sure, because they knew that CJ was going to start. But before that, I, I mean, I don't, you know, I couldn't tell you the last time that Brandon Ayuk and CJ Beathard probably had any sort of on-field work together. So I think it was a little bit of a chemistry thing and the Cardinals doing a good job uh, at taking away the Niners' best perimeter threat.
1: Yeah, that's a good shout. That's a good shout. Um, while we were talking about the running backs, I mean, Jeff Wilson – We've seen, you know, going into the season, we looked at it and we were kind of like, we're going to need to see what we get with Jared McKinnon. We're going to need to see how Raheem Mostert performs, how Jeff Wilson performs, and Tevin Coleman. Now we're nearing the end of the season. What do you think the Niners do in the off season and going into next season? Bear in mind, you know, at this point, you know, this season really, the the guys who took meaningful stats are uh, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Jared McKinnon. Tevin Coleman, and, and Jermichael Hasty. Who's the odd man out there, do you think?
2: I, I feel like Jarek McKinnon is as good as gone. Um, I mean, you can see it with his usage rate this season after the hot start early. Uh, I mean, he's pretty much been invisible out there ever since. Um, Tevin Coleman, as much as I would want to think that he's gone – I just have a weird feeling that Kyle Shanahan likes his favorite guys and he loves Tevin Coleman. So he might find a way to have him back on the roster. But if it was me, I I think Tevin Coleman would be gone as well. Um, I think they do like Jermichael Hasty and kind of what he brings and I'm sure they want to see more of him. So I know that he's going to be in the conversation next year. Um, Of course, Raheem Mostert will be back next season and Jeff Wilson is a restricted free agent. Um, and I, I would think that they'll bring back Jeff Wilson. I hope they they do. Certainly, um, but I, I guess you put a gun to my head. I, I would say that Moster and Wilson are back. Uh, potentially, Jermichael Hasty in the fold, and I think they'll probably bring in some some other late round or undrafted rookie running back again, like they tend to do. And then you'll see Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon somewhere else next year. That was going to be my guess. I said I I was looking at this thinking, you know, if there was
1: ever a time for coleman to be getting some snaps it would be now you know utilize coleman and wilson the same way he was utilizing most and, and wilson and it just doesn't seem to be the way that things that's going down Jared mckinnon has been probably more useful in the past game than he has in the run game this season bar a couple of games um and i so i think i agree i think tevin coleman for me 100 it should be gone um Jared McKinnon, I th- I would personally I think would would go as well. I mean, we only have to see earlier in the season at the point where he it was him and Jermichael Hasty who before that really was on the practice squad and Hasty got you know ten plus carries. That that to me shows that he's probably not worth what you're keeping him around for. Uh, and I agree, I would go moster Wilson, Hasty, and then a late round guy probably unless there's a cheap free agent guy who Shanahan likes. Um, that, that's, that, to me, I think, um, is exactly what I would do as well. Now, quickly, I want to talk about DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, going into this game, that was somebody I was pretty worried about. We were pretty worried about. Um, in the first game, he obviously absolutely ran riot. Um, and he got catches this game, eight catches. But the beautiful thing there was just for, only for 48 yards, which when you can hold DeAndre Hopkins 48 yards of eight catches... You're doing really, really well. And there was a number of key plays where he was essentially in one-on-one with Jason Verrett and I was worried. And that's not a slight on Verrett. That's just how good Hopkins is. Uh, and, 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 I, you know, the one in the end zone where I think Hopkins got hurt, I think he probably just got winded because he came back in and he was holding his stomach. Um, but there's one where that, that one's in Hopkins' hands and Verrett just kind of climbs up, focuses, keeps his focus on where the ball is and is and able to knock that out. I was so, so impressed with Varet on how he battled DeAndre Hook.
0: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Yes.
2: Oh, absolutely. Jason Verrett had a, an amazing game. He plays so much bigger than he is. He's not a big guy by any means, um, but he plays big. He plays physical, and he's not he's not intimidated by guys that are bigger than him. Um, and he, he showed up and, and really took it to DeAndre Hopkins. And another guy that I wanted to mention is Akella Witherspoon i mean wow where where was this guy you know he um he was in the doghouse for the greater part of this season and he comes out today when the team really needs him and he had a hell of a game came up with the pick in the end zone uh i mean he made he made quite a few plays in this game whether it be making some good tackles on shallow crosses uh playing the ball in the air the interception i mean kelly witherspoon kind of came out of nowhere and had a great performance and um you know, hats off to him. Uh, I, I do see a lot of Niner fans saying, oh, we have to bring back Akella Witherspoon now. Uh, you know, he has to be on this team next year. I don't, I don't see that happening at all because, yeah, he had a good game, but we've seen this from Akella Witherspoon time and time again. He is so inconsistent. He will have a great game one week and then he'll disappear for a month. He'll have a great couple of games to start the season or end the season and then you give him another chance and he doesn't show up. And so... Yeah, he had a great game, but don't be too quick to crown him just yet. He's not – I think the Niners have seen enough. I think they know that Akello is so inconsistent that they can't really rely on him long term. So, yes, he had a great game, but I wouldn't look too long term or you know too much into the future from that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I've been as, as big a Akello with a Spoon hater as there is. Um, credit where it was due yesterday – you know, he had a great game. I did find, I did find it funny. I saw your, um, you tweeting out saying, you know, these are the things we know he can do, but he can't track or make a play on the ball. And then maybe within 30 minutes, he had that lovely pick that was... Um... Yep.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought about that after I tweeted that out. I said, ah, you weren't yeah, wrong. there you go, Akello. Good job. <laughs> yeah, he you got me.
1: <laughs> you weren't wrong normally. Um, but no, um, no, he did. He did well. Credit where it's due. He had a good game. It wasn't perfect. There was a couple of times I was frustrated with him, but overall, um, a good game against a good offense, right? Um, but I agree with you. I think the Niners have seen enough, and I think you know he's only playing because of how you know stripped back the Niners are, and you only have to look at last season to where you know he was. Benched in the playoffs, and every time I saw him out there, I was a bit worried. If I'm the Niners, I'd, I would be moving on, probably. Um, but fair play from for still fighting and, and and having a good game, really. So yeah, credit 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 is where it's due, absolutely. Um, final thing, just on the the Niners' defense. I mean, Kyler Murray threw the ball 50 times and only uh, only got 247 yards and didn't throw a touchdown. What do you think the biggest key was there?
2: Uh, you know, I think the Niners did a really good job at keeping Kyler in the pocket. He he escaped a few times. He made some plays. But uh, if you watched, the, the Niners defensive ends, they did a great job at playing contain, playing wide, and keeping Kyler in the pocket. And when you do that, his height is such a detriment to him because he's he's tiny behind those linemen, and he has a hard time seeing down the field. You see that. Where he's most dangerous is when he's escaping, and and the the his field of vision opens up when he's outside the pocket. But uh, the Niners did a good job keeping him inside the pocket, keeping him contained, and uh, the the Niners defensive backs did a great job in coverage. And it was just it was just a good game plan overall by the Niners defense.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it, I, I think you're absolutely right there. It's a uh, it, they they really did what they uh, had to do, and you know, like through the air, Kyler Murray is somebody they've. Um, they've managed to shut down plenty of times, you know, last season, they, they did a really good job of it. And, and in the end, really just, uh, um, it was like one big play the game in Arizona. So they, they've done a good job. One, one person I want to mention um, real quick before we close up on the game is Richie James, somebody who's been playing a lot recently. Um, you know, I think he started last week for, um, for, for Trent Taylor uh, and you know, this week played ninety one percent of the snaps. Obviously, his kind of big game was that game against the Packers on the Thursday Night of Football when the Niners basically had no receivers. What do you think? How do you, how do you see his role going into next season, um, which will be the last year of his contract?
2: It's too determined. Uh, you know, I could see the Niners moving on, or I could see them bringing him back. I, I don't. I don't really know. I think his familiarity and the fact that he's been here for as long as he has. Uh, I think that benefits him, uh, just, you know, knowing the playbook and whatnot. Um, but you can clearly see he's more in the favor of Kyle Shanahan right now than Kendrick Bourne is. And so that kind of goes a long way for me. Um, I, I've made no bones about it that I, I don't like Kendrick Bourne's antics on the sideline, dancing and laughing when the team's losing and, and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And I think Kyle Shanahan's a little sick of it too. And you're seeing Richie James get more playing time. Um, So out of the two, who do I think is back next year? I think Richie James is back. And I think you could see Kendrick Bourne somewhere else. And if you told me that a year ago, I'd say, Oh, you're crazy. But now I don't know.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, if you look, you just have to look at their usage recently, you know, in that last game, as I said, Richie James, 91% of the snaps, I think KB played about 30% of the snaps, but you look at the salaries, and KB's earning about three three times as much as Richie James. So, if they are looking to move on from someone, I would imagine it would be Kendrick Bourne. And I think, you know, potentially they they look to bring in another receiver. Um, but I think even if you do that, for me, for how much Richie James is costing you, you have you have him back, as you said, for the familiarity. Um, you know, he he plays in the return game as well. Um, I think that's really kind of where he can add that value for what is, you know, a very cheap contract. And then if nothing comes of it, you know, you move on from him from you move on from him that the year after, right?
2: Yeah, I, I would I would definitely think so. That makes the most sense.
1: Yeah. Um final thing, I saw you tweet out that you weren't convinced that if you were the Niners you would bring back Trent Williams for the money he would be asking for.
2: I just wanted you to, to get you to elaborate on that. I just – I see him get beat too much for my liking, you know, and he's he's he hasn't been the Trent Williams of old. He's had flashes. He's had moments. Don't get me wrong, and I'm not saying the Niners shouldn't bring him back in general, but the money he's going to command and the money yeah. he's ultimately going to get because you know the 49ers are going to write that check, I don't know if it's worth it. I, I he's gonna get a huge deal, eighteen, twenty million a year kind of thing. And I don't think he's worth that amount of money just from the production and the play that he's given this year. I've seen him get beat uh too many times for my liking. He's been injured at times. I just I don't I'm not sold on paying him eighteen to twenty million a year. Mm, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Now I saw that and I was thinking, whew, I think my my worry with it is is that some you know that there, there's gonna be some kind of addressing of the quarterback position and I think you know whether that's uh, a rookie or a vet whoever that is I think that it's it's really tough to kind of go in on that player without and then kind of look one of the you know biggest fallbacks this year has been the offensive line, right? Um and, and notably the right side of the offensive line. I think it's you know, let's say they do want to go for a vet and they want to go for, like, a Matt Stafford. Does it become, like, a pretty tough sell when to say, you know, you're going to then get rid of Trent Williams, who overall has probably still been the best offensive lineman? I think, you know, let's say they bring in a tackle. <laughs> for me, if they bring in a tackle, it needs to be to replace the, the guy playing right tackle, not left tackle, that's for sure.
2: But I get... Yeah, what, and I mean, I I'm, not, I'm not saying that I want Trent Williams gone. And and I'm telling you right now, he'll be back. He'll be a 49er next year. They'll, they're going to write the check. They're going to overpay him. Hmm. I'm just saying for me, if I was making the decision, okay. I, I wouldn't want to pay 18 to 20 million. I would pay him 15 or 16, but not 18 to 20 a year. And that's just from what I saw, my personal opinion. End of the day, I'm, the Niners are going to bring him back. They're going to write the check. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I and I did stir up a bit of controversy, a bit a bit of a bit of uh, crap on Twitter for that. I got a, I got a lot of bad responses for that. People telling me that I'm crazy and I should go, you know, jump off a bridge. But uh, you know, it's just how I feel, just what I've seen, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. And and one thing that will play into that, and I'm not sure if you saw this this morning or not, Jacob. And I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, the NFL is going to be implementing the 17 game season beginning next year. Yep. And what they what they said about that is it's going to probably help the salary cap this off season go up, and that's going to give teams more money. Um, and I think that's going to help the Niners be able to retain a guy like Trent Williams.
1: Yeah, I did see that. I, th- I did see that. I mean, you know, we we knew it was on the cards, and I think especially after this season, um, the the added revenue is something that the owners are be pushing for even more than even more than before. Um, So, yeah, no, it's interesting. I get where you're coming from. I do think ultimately um, guys like this, especially on the offensive line, um, do get overpaid somewhat just by the situation. I mean, you only have to look at, like, for example, Trent Brown in, in Oakland, who, you know, at one point was like the highest paid right tackle. Now, these guys that are the highest paid are not always like the best. Um, but they're in a situation where the team needs a good offensive lineman, and you have to pay them like a top offensive lineman to, to not risk going so far backwards. So I get where you're coming from, but I do agree with you. I think he will be back, and I think you know they will cash that check that ultimately potentially is more than is actually um, more than is actually worth, really.
2: Um, Absolutely, you know we'll we'll see what happens with the salary cap and what the exact number is for every team and whatnot. But end of the day, I think you can pretty much guarantee that Trent Williams will be back next year. So I didn't mean to freak 49er fans out on on Twitter, you know that yesterday during the game. But uh, just my two cents on, on on that. My the eye test tells me that I wouldn't pay Trent Williams eighteen to twenty million a year. I get you. I get you. Uh, any
1: final thoughts on the game? Uh, and then we'll, I'll get your quick thoughts on, uh, on next week's
2: game. You know, um, I I haven't been shy about the fact that, you know, whenever the Niners are not in playoff contention and, and the season's over, I, I think it's foolish to win meaningless games, but of course the players don't feel that way. They don't go out there to lose. They go out there to win games and, uh, help their own stocks because, of course, they're playing for their own jobs and their own contracts and whatnot. So I don't begrudge them for playing hard and winning a game. But um, winning that game definitely hurt the Niners draft positioning. Uh, We'll have to wait and see exactly where they're going to be drafting uh, or at least what the projection is uh, after this week. And ultimately after week 17, we'll find out for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, good win. Uh, You you definitely don't want to get swept by a division rival. That's for sure. They swept the Rams. They split with Arizona, and then now they have a chance to split with Seattle here in Week 17. And that's, you know, I've said this too. As much as I want the Niners to not win meaningless games, if they're playing Seattle, I don't care. Beat them. <laughs> I want you to beat Seattle every single chance that you get. So ruin your draft positioning one more week. What's it going to hurt?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly it. When it comes down to, the, to Seattle week, how can you want them to lose? You know what I mean. How could you? How could you actively cheer for for the Seahawks to beat you? Yeah, you just can't do it. You can't. No. Nope. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, before we uh, sign off, uh, I suppose a, a big announcement uh, from from the two of us, and that is that after at the end of the season, which for the Niners will obviously be end of the regular season, both myself and JD will be stepping away. From the podcast which means next week's seattle week 17 preview will be our final one um for a, a number of different reasons that I, I i won't particularly go into just i think uh, a mixture of of time commitments and, and other things we're working on um i've personally have, have very much enjoyed being a part of this uh of this podcast it's been i suppose i i started back in january so it's going to be nine on
2: a year and JD joined what was it about mid-February yeah a little bit after the Super Bowl so about February so we both you know you've been around about a year I've been around just almost just as long
1: yeah yeah so yeah it's been it's been a great ride uh, I've definitely enjoyed it and you know we <laughs> by joining in January and February we certainly put our time in the off season before we had even any games to talk about but um yeah I wanted to take a chance to you know thank the listeners for listening um, the broad network for uh, you know giving us a platform to be able to to talk about this stuff and giving us the stuff we needed to be able to uh, to, to, su- to succeed and, and do all this stuff. But uh, yeah, I think we personally, uh, weirdly, both our things were were individual um, reasons. But uh, yeah, I think for me, it just felt like uh, the the right time uh, to, to move on. And it's not to say that I won't be back at some point in in the future, but y- you never know. Um, but you know definitely on on great terms with everybody at the brawl network and definitely wish them uh all the best but uh, jd i'll let you uh i'll let you chat as well a little bit
2: yeah absolutely you know I, i definitely want to thank the brawl network for for giving us this platform i i had a ton of fun over this past year recording this pod uh jacob i want to thank you personally just for you know uh you know having me come into the fold and uh, you know, you were here before me and, and, and I came in and, and things were pretty seamless to me. I think uh, from day one it was it was a pretty good, smooth transition. We, we fit well together and I've enjoyed doing the podcast with you. Uh, it's been fun. I've I, we, I mean we talked about a ton of interesting topics during the off season. We, you know we broke down the, the breaking news of the George Kittle contract and, and then you know we get to the season. And it didn't go the way we we hoped it would, but uh, still, week in week out, we were here talking about it, and it, it's been a fun ride. And I, I appreciate everybody involved for allowing me to join and 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 be a part of this. Again, yeah, it's just a time commitment thing, a scheduling thing for both of us, and we both have, you know, just just uh, other things that uh, we we have our eyes on. And this podcast has been. Uh, you know, a a lot of fun, but it's also been a bit of a, you know, it's a time commitment thing, just specifically for for myself. I'm in California. Jacob is across the pond. So this, the the time constraints uh, were difficult, but um, end of the day, you know, it's, it is kind of bittersweet to walk away. Um, I've, you know, I've enjoyed it, but uh, we we just we think that it was time to walk away, and both of us agreed that uh, we would finish out the year and uh, then then go from there. And and like he said, Jacob, uh, there's you know there's no love lost um, between us. Um, there's you know the doors open, so we may return sometime in the future. Who knows. But uh, just again, thank you to the Brawl Network for for having us on and everything, and uh, we've enjoyed our time. And to the listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, you know, stay faithful, and uh, of course, you can still follow us on our social media accounts. Jacob at JBB Football. You can follow me at Hawkator TV on Twitter, and of course, on YouTube. Going to be doing some big things there, so uh, stay tuned there. But uh, of course, you know, keep listening to the Brawl Network. They're growing. They're going to get bigger and better. And uh, I'm not sure what the plans are for the 49ers Brawl uh, once we walk away, but I'm sure whoever that they bring in will do a stand-up job.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's 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 exactly right. This won't be the end of the 49ers Brawl. So if you're you know if you've been a fan of the Brawl Network and their content, and you are a Niners fan, this will still be about. They are going to find somebody else. They will be finding other people to, to come in and uh, keep it going. So uh, make sure you keep keep following and uh keep your ears close to the ground on who could be uh who that could be and and as j d said if you want to follow ourselves you can you can still follow ourselves you know j b b football and hawk hater t v um but yeah but that's uh so that's uh, that's it yeah end end of a year long era but uh, you're not quite rid of us yet we have still got. One more game to break down CLC Hawks week 17. So we're going to be doing that later in the week, as always. The week 17 preview will come at you midweek. Um, but I think that's going to wrap it up, really, for today. Um, if you want to follow the socials, as always, at 49ers Brawl on Twitter and Instagram, 49ers Brawl podcast on Facebook. You can follow myself at JBB Football, and you can follow JD at Hawk Hater TV. Uh, but that will close it out for the show today, celebrating a rare Niners win in 2020, knocking down the Cardinals. JBB and JD checking out for the 6-9 and nine San Francisco 49ers and the Niners Brawl.
0: With the Lucky Lands slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.